Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Yes, let's give him a round of applause. Thank you, guys. Well, good morning. Hey, that was better than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I saw a lot of sleepy eyes this morning. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you guys so much for last night. had so much fun. Um, I guess the party started after I left because I got videos on Snapchat of the breakdancing competition. Um, that was fun but embarrassing for me to watch, and I wasn't even there. <laughs> We got to see what Dwight Yoakam in his in his he was break dancing. I've never seen Dwight Yoakam break dance, but he did. Um, if you don't know who I'm talking about, it's Blake Miller. Blake, you just stand up and show everybody your your great hair. Just take your hat off. Yep. 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 Oh man. Yeah. And Steve Gordon, he got out there. Yep. Oh man, I was laughing. That was funny. Oh, and and a special thank you to Jenny Brewer for videoing that because now we have blackmail. <laughs> and Steve has Facebook now, so we can give him, a, we can get it on there. So yeah. So no, thank you for just being here this morning. Um, it's great to see everybody. Great turnout for for a late night last night. Um, gosh, I uh, just overwhelmed at the generosity of people and everybody who donated stuff. Uh, just can't thank you enough. So um, with that, uh, I don't really have a cool cowboy story this morning. Just a dumb story of something that I did. Per usual, I have a lot of those, but uh, <laughs> it uh, it involves baking. So I am not a baker. I like to cook. Those of you who know me know I like to cook, and uh, um, so I started off found this really good blueberry muffin recipe, and uh, I was like, oh man, that looks good. And I thought I had everything that I needed to make it, and I get all the stuff together and I put it together and get in the oven and everything, and I'm so excited for these muffins and fresh blueberries, and uh, I get them, get them in the oven and everything, and then I can't wait to get them out, so I get them out, and they look awful. <laughs> I'm like, I, where, I don't know what went wrong, but they, they didn't rise, and so I, I get them out, and I'm like a little kid in the candy store when it comes to it. I just grab it while they're still hot and burn my hand, you know, uh, maybe say some words I shouldn't, but that's how it goes. Um, so I get this muffin out, and I walk outside, and I'm sitting on the back porch, and I open it, and I start eating it. And I take one bite of this thing, and I, it is so bad. It is awful. And I was like, what in the world went wrong? And so it was so bad. I kid you not, my dog was there. One of my dogs was there, and I gave him a piece of it. And he ate it, and then he spit some of it out, and then went and ate horse poop, all right? <laughs> he had to go get the taste out of his mouth. That's how bad it was. That's how awful it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why it was so bad. I figured it out later, and all, all you, all you women who bake and Roger are gonna laugh at me, <laughs> are gonna laugh at me at the mistake that I made. But uh, uh, so this morning, I'm just talking about what does it mean to trust God, and you know, in this season of my life, I've been going through a lot of things. I'm just like, what does it really mean to trust God, and this. This past week and a half, just some things just really stuck in my mind. And it's not really a formula, but it's just some ingredients for how to trust God. And, uh, and I'll get to them here in a minute, but, and I'll kind of be all over Bible here today. Um, 
So if you have your Bibles, you can either go to Luke 5, or I'm going to start in Philippians 4. So, um, so the first thing that you need, when the first ingredient that you need to trust God is truth. We need to have a lot of truth. And Philippians 4 always states, Paul says, starting in verse 4, always be joyful, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, then thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can even understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, fix your, fix your minds on one final thing. And here it comes. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Um, what? Water tank? You want to shut it off? Yeah, I can get a little smaller. We can get somebody with a towel later. Anyways. <laughs> so we're talking about truth. Um, I preached on this, I don't know, a couple of times ago. Um, we were just talking about anxiety and just the things of our lives that we get so worked up about and worry. Um, and Basically, what Paul is talking about is when you worry, you need to go to God in prayer, and you need to get all that stuff out. But then Paul takes it a step further and says, once you get all that stuff out, you have to fill your mind with something back that is true. It's like having a, uh, a house that maybe, or a couch that maybe flea infested, and you throw it out and you replace it with a good couch, right? It's kind of the same concept. And whenever I was making these muffins, I'm going to show my stupidity here and tell you what I did wrong. Um, so the recipe called for baking powder. And I had baking soda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awful, awful mistake. And that's what truth is. Truth is like baking soda when you should have had baking powder. All right. If you don't have the right stuff, your muffins are going to turn out awful, all right? So we got to have the right truth. we got to have the right truth in our life, and that's God's truth. we got to know who God says who we are, right? I know there's been many times in my life where Satan has attacked me personally, and or maybe not Satan, but one of his demons has attacked me, and I just get thoughts in my mind of, of where I fall short, or what I'm not doing good enough, or things like that. Um, lots of different things pop into your mind. but um, and, I, and I had to figure out that I have to battle those with God's truth of who he says I am. And that becomes, that's part of being well-versed. Um, you know, a lot of people give a lot of other people crap about being Bible thumpers or whatever, but I tell you what, those people know who they are in Christ. That's for dang sure. And that's something that I've had to learn the hard way, is, is really just studying who I am in Christ. And the lies that I had believed for so long was the baking soda instead of the baking powder. And that's why my life wasn't getting any more peaceful, right? I didn't really know who I was in Christ. So, note to self. Fill your mind with God's truth and also use baking powder. So, the second thing you're going to need. So we have truth. The, rest, the first, first 
ingredient you're going to need to have a great relationship with God and, and trust Him fully is truth. Romans 12.9 says, cling, cling to God. Cling to what is true, right? I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, get clingy. Come on. Get, get clingy. Get clingy. Come on. All right. I just meant get clingy with God, not with each other, all right? That's, it's getting a little weird now. Some PDA happening. Uh, now, I don't understand, I don't recommend if you're dating somebody to get clingy, but, but one of the first things that we have to do with God whenever we, whenever we feel bad is we have to get clingy with Him, right? We've got to get clingy. We've got to get clingy with His Word. We've got to get clingy in prayer. Romans 12.9 says to get clingy. So, uh, you have permission, but with God, not with other people. And it just comes off kind of creepy, all right? <laughs> Jesus didn't tell you to come hug on this guy, all right? It was just you. Um, so, so the first thing you're going to need is God's truth. The second thing you're going to need is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Um, that can be found in 1 John 1.9. Um, 1 John 1.9 says, But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim to have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that His Word has no place in our hearts. We have to have that forgiveness. It's almost as bad as having baking soda instead of baking powder. We don't have the right forgiveness. Um, forgiveness is like sugar for me. It's like, that's like the sugar ingredient. Uh, man, when you have it, it's so sweet. And when you truly understand it, it's, it's almost overbearing. If you just take a big spoonful of sugar and try to eat it with no drink, it's going to be overwhelming, right? That's about how it is. But, but when we have that forgiveness, it's going to allow us to give that to everybody else. Right? And when we truly, truly understand forgiveness and receive it from God, that's, one, that's another ingredient that we're going to have to have to trust Him, is His constant forgiveness. And when I go through these five ingredients, I just want to make a point in saying that all five of them have to work together. You can't just leave one out. So you have to have that forgiveness. So in a sense, when I'm talking about this this morning, this is really for believers. This is people who believe in Christ and are following Christ. Right? So if you want to have that trust in God, if you want to have that trust in the Almighty and that, and that most powerful person in the universe, then you have to give your life to Christ. All right? And I, I just want to clear that up so there's no pitchforks and torches whenever I get off here, all right? Which I'm sure there will be. There's always somebody online that's got to correct me. But anyway, that's past the point. Thanks. <laughs> that's for your pie, though, right? <laughs> yeah, your $700 pie. <laughs> Yep. So we got to have that forgiveness. The second, the third thing that we got to have is God's mercy or God's grace. I'm sorry. And that comes in Second uh, Corinthians twelve nine. Sorry, I got to get my ribbons right here. There we go. Each time he said, and this is red letter words, "My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness." So now, I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Verse 9 really talks about grace. Some versions will say, my grace is sufficient to you, right? Grace is another ingredient that you need another ingredient that you need. And somebody asked me what grace was yesterday. What was the difference between grace and mercy? And grace is 
Grace is God giving us something that we don't deserve, right? That's, that's what grace is, and that's also kind of what forgiveness is. Um, so um, when talking about grace, you're going to need that for, for trust in God, right? And, I, and I'm not just talking about um, to have a great trust in God. You know, yesterday in the sermon for Kevin's wedding, um, we were talking about it what, last week, and something that I've been learning lately First, it started off as, as great relationships, and I, this came from talking to Ty about, you know, um, his marriage with Kathy, and the things that I'm talking about go right hand in hand with it, but great relationships also have these same five ingredients, and that's truth, lots of truth, lots of forgiveness, lots of grace, lots of mercy, and it also takes time. It also takes time, a lot of time, and that we said that yesterday in Kevin's sermon for, for his wedding, and, um, but grace is something that you really need, we all need. Um, you know, when's the last time you gave somebody the benefit of the doubt? Because I guarantee you God has. Um, there's so many times, just like I'm going to talk about Luke 5 here a little later on. I could have went and picked so many parables where Jesus showed grace to somebody. That's a study that I've been doing lately is, is how, how Jesus confronted people. Jesus was always harsh to Pharisees or religious people, but whenever he was talking to somebody who didn't have a foundation in Christ, he was always gentle with them. He gave grace to them. He gave them what they didn't deserve. Like the woman at the well, she didn't deserve to get grace, but he, he was so gracious towards her. He wasn't ruthless and mean and telling her how bad she screwed up. But she trusted God after that. She trusted Jesus after that. You could see it in the scripture. Just She let her guard down so fast and trusted him right there just because he gave her grace. And that's a lot of times where great relationships come in at. They give each other grace. The next thing you're going to need and grace is, grace is like, sorry, I'm going to go back. Grace is like the vanilla and the fresh fruit. You can't have enough of it, right? You can't have enough. So um, then that leads us to mercy. The next thing you're going to need is mercy. That's found in Matthew 9. Um, Matthew 9, 13. Then he added, this is Jesus after he healed a paralyzed man. He, he healed a paralyzed man. Um, this is another example of Jesus showing grace and mercy. Mercy is something withheld from you that you deserve. So Jesus withheld something um, from this man that he probably deserved, and he healed him. Then he added, now go on, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices, for I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. But God wants to show mercy on but you've got to meet him there. You've got to meet him there. Um, I'm going to get to that in Luke 5. Um, it's talking about Simon Peter, where Jesus comes and, and, and meets Simon Peter and is about to tell him that he wants him to come be a fisher of men. And basically, Jesus is wanting him to surrender stuff to him, surrender his life to him. And he wants Simon to, to humble himself. And I'll get to that in a little bit, but mercy, mercy is like the butter. You also can't have enough mercy, right? Can't have enough butter. Can't believe it's not butter, right? Right, Caleb? All right. You got to have the butter. <laughs> Who said that? Who said that? El Guapo? Oh, okay. You can come up here if you want. <laughs> come on, El Guapo. You don't need no birth certificate. <laughs> Inside joke. 
Next thing you're going to need is time. That's found in 2 Timothy 4.7. When I think of time, I think of endurance, right? Paul talks about running the race. Um, and this also was something that was said in the sermon yesterday for Kevin's wedding is it's, it's not a sprint. Um, this stuff is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And we've got to continually keep running that race. Um, I'm just going to read most of the chapter here. It won't take very long. Um, I solemnly urge you, in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up, set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to the sound of wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want them to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep clear a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness was the Lord, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. I think Paul said it best right there. Letter to Timothy. Running that good that good race, running it, it's going to be long. And, and you're going to have to have trust in God. Um, and, and getting ready for this, this message, I, I couldn't help but think of a new Christian versus an old Christian. Right? Um, I remember whenever I was a young Christian, I didn't have any faith in God. Uh, I was controlling, I was trying to control everything, um, so that way I may not get hurt on something. Um, I, didn't, I didn't trust him with my finances or anything. I was just trying to control everything myself. I didn't have any kind of trust in him. I had no truth of who I was. I had a little forgiveness. I didn't know how to give it. Um, I, had, I really didn't know what grace was. I really didn't know what mercy was. And I didn't have any time. And so my trust in God wasn't very much. Right? And that's why I was so controlling. And, and I know whenever you really turn your life around for Christ, it, sometimes it gets harder than it gets easier a lot of times. But, but God always says he's going to be with you, and he promises that, right? But that's what Paul is saying here. It takes time. you got to have time. And time to me is like flour, right? It's the biggest ingredient. It's the biggest ingredient, the most, most volume. And you have to have time whenever it comes to trusting God. And, and in Luke 5, um, Jesus has been preaching all day, um, and Simon Peter, they'd been fishing all night, and they didn't catch anything all night. They're fishing, and these are professional fishermen, right? And Jesus comes up to him and says, you know, hey, let's go back out on the water. And he says, no, not the shallow part, the deep part. And sometimes God is calling you into a deeper part of the water. And, but here's the point, the first point I want to make is Jesus was telling him, um, okay, now throw your net over. And Peter threw his net over. Simon Peter threw his net over, and he caught so many fish that the nets were almost breaking. It says that in Scripture, that the nets were almost breaking. And that's after not catching a single fish all night. 
In fact, it says there were so many fish that the boat almost sank, and they had to call another boat over to help them come get all the fish. And both, both boats almost sank because there were so many fish that they caught. And the, point, the first point I want to make is sometimes it comes with a small act of obedience. That's where trust comes in. It comes with a small act of obedience. Uh, maybe there's something right now that God's kind of whispering in your ear um, that he wants you to do right now. Um, and it may be a little small thing, you know. I think uh, Kevin said it best. Um, I don't even remember what it was, but God isn't asking you to do more. He's already asking you to do what you're doing better, to just be obedient with the little things. Uh, maybe it's your finances. Uh, maybe it's something that you, maybe it's a lie that you believe, that you don't even know you believe, but it's giving you so much anxiety that you don't know what to do with, right? Go back to Philippians 4, give it to God in prayer. It's a little thing. It's a little request. Um, Psalm 20. David talks about people will trust in horses and chariots, but I will trust in the Lord and my salvation. Habakkuk 3, it talks about um, even though the, the cattle barns are empty and the vines are in, the vines lay barren and the, and the fields are barren, um, basically there's just oppression everywhere, there's death everywhere. Um, and and the, the only thing that Habakkuk is saying is, He's saying all these depressing things. It's depressing to read it. But then at the end he says, but I will be thankful in my salvation. and I will be thankful in the Lord for his goodness. Right? That's a lot of trust. That's a lot of trust. You can read it in the Psalms. That's just, a, that's just a, an example. Um, gosh. 1 Peter 5.7. I can go into 1 Peter 5.7 or Psalm 55.22. Psalm, 1 Peter 5.7 says, cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. Right? So not only does he care for you, Psalm 55.22 says, cast all your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. So not only does he care for you, he's the only one that can do anything about it. Maybe it's a small act of obedience, guys. Just a small act of obedience. Just giving something that you worry about to him. And whenever you worry about it, like what I said in Philippians 4, when you get all the worry out, you fill it up with truth, right? You can't just get all the worry out and then not fill your mind back up with truth of who God says you are and the lie that you're believing, right? And some of us don't even know we're believing lies, but we are. I've been there in my own life. Sometimes it just takes small revelations from God uh, of things like that. Uh, lots of crashing and burning. Um, another thing in Luke 5, and, uh, and I'll kind of close on this, but at the end of Luke 5, um, Simon Peter basically knew at that point that Jesus was for real. And he even, it says he fell down on his knees, on his hands and knees, and said, Lord, I am not even worthy of being in your presence. I am such a sinner. And Jesus basically just says he gives him forgiveness, he gives him grace, and he gives him mercy. And he gives him truth of who he is. And he says, lay down your nets for good and come and follow me. Right? He didn't deny Simon being even in his presence, even though Simon didn't even think that he was worthy of it. But he was. Because Jesus had a plan for his life, right? There's one point. The other point is, is Simon left everything that he knew. He had been a fisherman his whole life. His whole life. He didn't know anything else but fishing. And he laid it down. That's trust. But it took truth. It took forgiveness. It took grace. It took mercy. And later on, we look at the end of, of, of Jesus' life after the resurrection, whenever you look at John 21, whenever Jesus restores him. It took time. It took a lot of time. It took about three years of that time. But it took all those ingredients. It took all those ingredients. And I don't know 
who needs to hear this today? Um, but man, God's got you. He's got you. I gave you the ingredients. And if you don't use those ingredients right, if you try to substitute one of those ingredients for something else, it's not going to work. You're not going to have trust in God. and You're not going to feel very secure, right? And I don't mean that to be a bad thing. I don't mean that to be a scary thing. I'm just trying to help somebody who may need help today. It's something that I've been learning lately, and it's the ingredients that uh, that uh, I try not to substitute because if you have to eat my muffins, you'll understand. All right? <laughs> Don't take shortcuts. Yeah, I can make meatballs, but I can't make muffins. Man. So I appreciate you guys being here this morning. Um, just trust in God. Believe who he says he is. Um, I know I went through a lot of scripture today. Um, hopefully some of you all wrote it down because some of these will come in handy for, for maybe even for you to memorize. A lot of people ask how I memorize stuff, and basically it happens when Kevin tells me I'm preaching. So <laughs> so start preaching. There you go. Good memorization. So thank you, guys. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord, I just thank you so much for everybody here this morning. God, just thank you so much for, for the fundraiser last night and just the generosity of everybody, just the, the people who donated their times and talents and treasures, Lord. Um, and also the people who just donated their hard-earned money just to, to help your cause. And it is your cause, Lord. It's for feeding hungry people around this wor world and, and sharing your good news. Uh, God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be up here this morning. God, I pray that you just come in and give these people trust. Give them that truth. Give them that forgiveness. Give them that grace. Give them that mercy. And Lord, help us to stay patient in time and run that race just like Paul did. Um, God, I pray that you just be with them. God, if there is somebody that is in hurting or in deep need, God, I pray that they cry out to you or just seek help from anybody, Lord, um, and just speak to, just speak through whoever you're going to use to help them. Um, God, I just thank you for the baptism today. Um, just praise you for everything that you do. In your name I ask these things. Amen.